So no, no kick either. No, I, I got it. I got it. How about a little heel turn? <laughs> you see, that's the excitement that I'm talking about. Welcome to Cheap Podcast, episode number 86. This is the unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. I am your host, Dave Hustle, Loyalty, Respect, Rudden. I've got two guests with me. I'm the phenomenal one, Henry <laughs> Gilbert. Uh, you can't browse them. It's okay. All right. uh, we, need to get, we need all the time we can uh, spare for this week's kayfabe history, which is uh, of everybody's favorite wrestler, a guy that I know that you are and to go see return oh, no. at Money in the Bank. I'm talking, of course, about... <laughs> Look how even turned down, it's still blown out. <laughs> yeah. uh, so great. Yes. Look, I've warmed to John Cena in the years, mm-hmm. though I, I bet I'm one of many... Uh, old a-holes who stopped watching yeah. when he got into power and who only really watched when, say, in 2006, Rob Van yeah. Dam was placed as the guy who wasn't him. Yeah. And then in 2011, when another guy was placed as the person who's we'll, not John we'll, Cena. We'll go through all of them. Uh, but I, I don't, have warmed up to them. I don't think we'll, we'll cover every single one of his uh, 24 championships and, and I believe, 16 <laughs> world <laughs> championships. Uh, but we're going to cover the big events in John Cena's history. Uh, his wrestling career began in 1999 when he he trained at and wrestled for a company called Ultimate Pro Wrestling, and his character was called the Prototype. He was a, I guess he was kind of like a robot or like a cyborg themed wrestler. Yeah, uh, when you've seen videos of him in his early years, yeah. the Prototype it, totally makes sense. He looks like a chemically cloned, like a created yeah. robot of exactly what WWE he, would want. Uh, of course, for the era, he had frosted tips too. Yep. Uh, but I, I I totally remember reading like like this was 1999 something like the internet is just starting to get important and I and I'm starting to look up wrestling things on the internet and uh, I keep seeing like oh this indie show or this uh, this uh, dark match before uh, Raw this guy named the prototype and I'm like who the hell is that that sounds <laughs> rad uh, yeah he was signed to Ohio Valley Wrestling which was WWE's training territory in 2001 uh, where he competed with the likes of Batista and Brock Lesnar and and most of all David Flair. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you mean Randy Orton as well? Oh yeah, Randy Orton too, but also David Flair. <laughs> that's, I mean, especially with David Flair, there, that's quite a class yeah. of, uh, of training. Yeah, there were also there were other great people there too. I believe that was also when Ch- Chelton Benjamin uh, oh, yeah. competed. Well, because he got signed because he was Brock's roommate, even yeah. though he absolutely deserved to be there too. Yeah. But he was Brock's roommate. Uh, but he uh, he debuted in WWE proper on WWE SmackDown on uh, June twenty seventh, two thousand two. The very same night that Batista made his WWE debut, uh, where when Kurt Angle had a no, an open challenge to anybody in the locker room who had "quote unquote" ruthless aggression, and that was ruthless aggression. And yeah, at this time it was kind of just like a plain toast, uh, plain milk toast. John Cena came out in like you know short like short tights. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a very competitive match with Kurt Angle, almost beat him, but Kurt Angle won with like a, a kind of a wrestling pinning combination. Hey, John Cena's not Taz. He doesn't get to beat Kurt Angle's yeah. first night. Uh, 
But he was instantly put near the top of the card. Like, the, that very same night, The Undertaker, like, shook his hand, which is, like, a guy who on his first night gets to shake The Undertaker's hand is probably... It's pretty You can see somebody's amazing. really got a hard on for John yes. already. And his very first pay-per-view was at uh, Vengeance in July 2002, and he beat Chris Jericho there. So they instantly put a oh. rocket up his butt. Uh, <laughs> his... Uh, it seems only ever heel turn happened in October. And this is maybe his lowest point. He was he was in a tag team with Billy Kidman. Uh, B- Ooh, Billy wow. Kidman lost the match, and John Cena turned against uh, Billy Kidman. And this was also around the time that John Cena finally found his voice. Uh, the Halloween episode of SmackDown, and he dressed up as Vanilla Ice, and he performed a rap for Stephanie McMahon during a Halloween party backstage, and that set him on the course that he used. I mean, based, he still kind of touches on, but like. Would use heavily in the early 2000s where he. This is 01 or 02? It was October 2002. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he floated around for like a year as just ruthless aggression, very kind of plain yeah. guy who. Well, like a half a year. Yeah, half a year, but yeah, then he finds his voice as as Vanilla Ice and also not just found his voice, but <laughs> impressed Stephanie McMahon, who yeah. ran SmackDown on TV and behind the scenes at the time. I believe she was dressed as like the hottest witch Something ever. Like, like yeah. I believe that's also the same episode where Eric Bischoff like forces himself on. Could have been. I and like. He, I talks rem- a, he talked about in his interview that like Vince McMahon is directing him of like, here's how to accost my. Yeah. Daughter. Here's how to get my daughter off. God, uh, Can we just also yeah. talk about why witches are so hot yeah. <laughs> and why that works and why I'm ashamed of it? Because well, Cena raps at them and. Uh, yeah, but this is like he, while still being a heel, he would rap insults at his opponents and the crowds usually, uh, and he would wear like throwback uniforms, you know, sports team uniforms yes. of the of the of the with, city's biggest rival, with like real sugar instead of yeah. corn syrup. But like, yes, uh, he. But like, like if he was in New York, he would wear like a Boston Celtics jersey, right. or if he was in Chicago, he'd wear a New York Knicks jersey. Or, Cheap heat. Yeah. Uh, he didn't actually take part in the WrestleMania that took place uh, the, his first year. There was rumors he was going to have a rap battle against Jay-Z or Fabulous. Uh, this would have been 19, right? Yes. But what ended up happening was that he was on the pre-show. He rapped at cardboard cardboard cutouts of those guys. Ooh, so geez. not a very great uh, WrestleMania, WrestleMania debut, the f- yeah. despite the fact that he was still like near the top of the card. Mm-hmm. In fact... The the uh, pay per view after WrestleMania, he beat he took on Brock Lesnar. He lost, but he was like you know he's already main eventing at that point. Yeah, and that's when he created his movie Fu as a as a comment on the F five. Mm-hmm. At Survivor Series two thousand three, he made his only ever face turn uh, when <laughs> uh, he joined Kurt Angle's team to take on Brock Lesnar's team. Uh, so basically, just did the same thing except now he directed it. He would direct his insults at uh, the heels instead of the faces, and he would actually wear the uniforms of the c- cities that he was in. This drove me crazy. I hate that. Every time I saw it, I was like, I'm liking this guy okay, yeah. but you don't have to, like, all right, wear the Orlando Magic shirts in Orlando. Like, it's just so it, easy. It, it kind of, yeah. Crazy. It showed how he was, like, like, how flighty are you if you wear, if you like every team? Like, yeah, you should that like drives me team. crazy. It's okay for, like... If it's one night where yeah. they need the help and the person will wear the local sports team, that's one thing. Yeah. But to do it every night, that's terrible. I don't I even know. It, I could yeah. see it, especially at house shows. If it's not yeah, going to be televised, then absolutely. I but. don't even know who like Brock. Or sorry, I don't even know who John Cena's favorite teams are. That's how mm. like how he would wear everything. I so guess that's Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, two thousand four. Uh, he was eliminated by Big Show at the Royal Rumble that year, and that wrapped that, his that, way to the ring. Yes, uh, that was the the year that it was won by a guy. Uh, but he would end up feuding with the Big Show, who was uh, the then U.S. champion, 
and uh, he beat John or sorry, John Cena beat the Big Show at WrestleMania 20 for the U.S. title, his first title in the WWE. Oh, that spinner belt, the worst spinner yeah. belt. So he would hold that title on and off for the rest of 2004. He was stripped by the belt for uh, attacking Kurt Angle. Then he beat uh, Booker T in a best of five series. Then he lost it to uh, Carlito on Car- Carlito's first night in the company. Sounds like Carlito didn't get his win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, he would uh, come back and win the title back from Carlito after filming his first movie, The Marine. Ah, uh, oh, that's right. That's funny. Carlito, in storyline, Carlito stabbed. got him stabbed. Like, he got stabbed in the kidney. Which would normally get you arrested, but not in WWE. Yes, and also leave a scar. Well, speaking of injuries... Uh, in 2005, John Cena was the runner-up, quote-unquote, at the uh, Royal Rumble. This was when he <laughs> and uh, Batista eliminated each other at the same time, and uh, Vince McMahon rushed to the ring and busted out both of his quads uh, to, to restart the match. And the end result was they both had title shots at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and they both won. John Cena beating... Uh, uh, John Bradshaw Layfield at yeah. WrestleMania. I mean, JBL had had an almost year-long reign yeah. as champ as just like everybody hated him, and it was a great setup for the... It would make a guy to be the one to finally dethrone him. And think about what a t- stacked Royal yeah. Rumble that was that... We've been annoyed that Royal Rumbles don't have even, like, one obvious winner sometimes. Yeah. And this one had, like, those two guys. They had Red Taker. They had, they had... Yeah. And also Eddie... Like, it was, yeah, it was it's a, a great, great Royal Rumble, and actually, it's one it. it's one you can watch on uh, if you just search for Royal Rumble 2005 on LaserTimePodcast.com. You'll find uh, we did a, a commentary of it that's very easy to watch. But anywho, uh, so after he won the title at WrestleMania, he defended against the likes of Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho, and this is like when crowds started to to turn against Cena the face. Yeah. But they uh, were with him up to this point, more or more less. More or less, yeah. yeah like they, I Wrestle- mean, the cheap heat works. People liked his the cheap, the cheap pops work. People liked yeah. his uh, his rapping. They thought it was funny. Also, he liked he, when he called yeah. people gay. It was and so funny. he was shooting against uh, JBL, who's like uh, never, never liked by the crowd. Uh, but when they when he feuds against Kurt Angle, Jericho, Kurt, yeah. Kurt Angle, and and Edge as well. Yeah. So he would hold on to the title until January 2006, when he'd lose it. He would win the. He would. Defend the title at Elimination Chamber, but immediately afterwards, the very first Money in the Bank cash-in happened. Edge pinned him and won. Beautiful moment. Yeah. But he would only hold it for a month, and John Cena would win it back, and then he would successfully defeat uh, Triple H at WrestleMania 22 to hold on to the title. But he would eventually lose that championship to Rob Van Dam at One Night Stand 2006 uh, in June. Uh, Rob Van Dam won Money in the Bank, but he said, "I'm going to use it this this specific night." And it was the first, uh, no, no, it was, no, it was second, second one night stand. Or, it was an ECW pay per view, basically, yeah, to the, revive that brand. The, then the next night, as we talk about on thirty twenty ten yeah. this week, the start of the ECW on Sci Fi era, which was not good. Yeah, uh, Edge would beat Rob Van Dam for the title after Rob Van Dam got caught uh, with weed in his car. He was up in smoke. Yeah. Uh, and then Cena would win that title back from Edge in September 2006. Early 2007, John Cena had a br- very brief feud with Kevin Federline, who was oh, Britney Spears' wow. ex-husband, Oof. actually losing to K-Fed uh, in a non-title match when Umaga interfered. Ah, yes, Umaga. So, R.I.P. So then he would... Uh, so he 
beat Umaga uh, in a title match. He defended against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 23, also later defended against Kali and Randy Orton, and only lost the title in October of 2007 when he tore his pectoral muscle. So I believe that was, an, up until CM Punk, that was the longest WWE title reign. It was almost a year, or maybe a little bit over a year. And his time with HBK was the first time. I was like, oh, John Cena actually yeah. can have really great matches. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that was supposed to keep him out for a long time. He was only out for three months. Uh, he returned at ge- in January of 2008 at the Royal Rumble in Madison Square Garden. Uh, but that, that j- guaranteed WrestleMania match that he had, he ended up asking for the title match a month early. Lo- he won the match but by DQ against Randy Orton. He still got a WrestleMania match, which was against both Randy Orton and Triple H, oh. where Randy Orton won. Uh, so, you know, this is his first extended period for a while without the title. He'd feud for, with JBL uh, for a short bit, uh, but got injured shortly thereafter, returned at the Survivor Series that year to win his next title. That was the World Heavyweight Championship, beating Chris Jericho. And this is, like, when he traded the title the most. So, uh, 2009, he lost the belt to, to Edge at No Way Out in uh, February, I believe. Then he won it back at WrestleMania in uh, March or April. Uh and uh, that was the one at WrestleMania 25. I believe we both went to that. Yes, uh, it yeah. was both against both Edge and the Big Show. So then he traded the belt with Randy Orton for a bit during the fall and lost the belt to Sheamus at TLC in December of 2009. But then he'd win that back at Elimination yeah, Chamber. That's a crazy match. It looked like he lost it in a botch. Yeah, he just like fell off the top rope. But apparently it wasn't a botch. It was just a shitty ending. He was supposed like to get one. pushed off, but he ended up, it ended up looking more like a fall. Yeah. Uh, but he beat Sheamus for the title at Elimination Chamber, but lose it that very same night to Batista. And he beat Batista at WrestleMania 26. So, like, when wow. you when you, oh, wow. when you see that he's won the world title 16 times, like, I think, like, Five. A third of those are in are in like <laughs> just that brief like 2009 2010 period. A lot of hot shotting, yeah. Yeah. So his first extended uh, non title based storyline happened in 2010, June of 2010, when the Nexus, uh, which was a faction of uh, members of the reality show slash wrestling show NXT, attacked John Cena, and the leader of the Nexus, Wade Barrett, uh, targeted John Cena. Cena actually lost a match uh, to Wade Barrett that. Uh, decreed that Cena would have to join the Nexus. Uh, and John Cena was, quote-unquote, fired when he didn't help Wade Barrett win a title match in which in a match against Randy Orton in which John Cena was the special guest referee. But then he was immediately rehired. And of course. Then he more or less immediately beat the Nexus at uh, SummerSlam 2010. I was there when, for that one. Yeah, his team beat the Nexus's team. It was a great WWE versus NXT. Uh, Nexus storyline yeah. and it had the triumphant return of Daniel Bryan he was quite yeah. a superstar that night but I Jericho and Edge have talked about how Cena really shouldn't have won that yeah. match and he did and killed the Nexus and like Wade Barrett's failed yeah. w, well incomplete WWE career you can blame on that I, yeah I think from like like from 2010 on there is kind of this weird mixture of John Cena Somewhat putting over new stars, but also not really like more or less win- winning more than he loses to them, and, and and in most cases it's not it's not really a benefit. Uh, Twenty eleven, he feuded with the Miz, lost to Ugh. the Miz at WrestleMania, but beat him the next month for the WWE title. Uh, but this also started the uh, be- uh, it was the beginning of a two year long feud with The Rock. Uh, the Rock attacked John Cena so that the Miz could win at WrestleMania. Uh, then the next night, John Cena challenged 
The Rock for the next year's WrestleMania. But during that time, he also feuded with the likes of uh, John Laurinaitis, who was the authority figure at the time. Uh, CM Punk, when CM Punk had his pipe bomb, and he rallied against John Cena, but also, like... For John Cena, it was like, you you better keep the, the title in WWE or you're fired. Mm-hmm. It he was, didn't. And that then, was yeah. what pulled me back in, him calling out the whole institution, yeah. but also Cena of like, you suck, I'm yeah. the best, and this show used to be fun, and now it isn't. Yeah. And, and five years later, here we are. Yeah. But, uh, it was a transcendent moment in TV, that, and John Cena was part of that too, that Money in the Bank match they had, the best of yeah. the year, I think it was. And uh, around the end of the year, he started feuding with Kane, who wanted, who told Cena he needed to be like this more evil guy to beat The Rock, Ugh. and he didn't because at yeah WrestleMania in 2012, he lost to The Rock at WrestleMania, and people thought he lost his way. He would feud with uh, CM Punk again for a little bit. Beat Brock Lesnar. Uh, he yeah, and he was the first person to have the Money in the Bank contract, but not win the title as a result. Uh, he fought CM Punk and did the same thing Rob Van Dam did, where he said like, "I challenge you on this specific date." But he won by disqualification, so he didn't get the title. Raw 1000. Yeah. Uh, he didn't end up winning the title again until the next year's WrestleMania. He won the Royal Rumble in 2013, then beat The Rock, who was the champion at WrestleMania. He would hold on to that until SummerSlam 2013, uh, when Dam- Daniel Bryan beat him. And at that point, John Cena took off for a little while for elbow surgery. That was a very good match, and I think one of the very few times where you can say, and then John Cena didn't beat him twice afterwards. Like, yeah. Daniel Bryan got the win, and, and then, that was that. <laughs> then Daniel Bryan was injured anytime John Cena was around. <sighs> yeah. Uh, end of 2013, John Cena returned and beat uh, Alberto Del Rio for the World Heavyweight Championship, but lost a title unification match with Randy Orton. Uh, and then around the new year, he had a feud with Bray Wyatt. This is one of the more lopsided feuds. He did lose to Bray Wyatt once, but it was a very convoluted finish. But he beat Bray Wyatt in just about every other encounter they had. Uh, he won the world title that was vacated. At Money in the Bank that year in 2014, but then lost that at SummerSlam to Brock Lesnar in like his most one-sided loss I think he's ever had. Ever, ever, and an amazing, an amazing spectacle. Not like the greatest match ever, but yeah. such a spectacle. So 2015, uh, he started the year by uh, feuding with Rusev. He lost to Rusev, but beat Rusev for the U.S. title at, at WrestleMania that we were all at, mm. and then uh, he would defend that title on a weekly basis, the U.S. Open Challenge against many competitors. Uh, Might have been the best year of his yeah. career, at least in my idea, just because he was having amazing matches and making these well, mid Carters oh, matter by yeah. facing yeah. him. Because that was also the same period where, I'm sure this is next, yeah. but it's Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kevin Owens uh, came around... Uh, like uh, the summer, beat him at Elimination Chamber. Then Cena beat him in more Two rematches. More, but... Uh, but he'd also fe- feud with Seth Rollins at the time. Uh, yeah. He lost at SummerSlam in a U.S. title match when uh, John Stewart attacked him with a steel chair. <laughs> he won that back uh, shortly thereafter, but lost the title to uh, Al- the U.S. title to Al- Alberto Del Rio at Hell in a Cell in October. And then again, took another few months off. He came back briefly for like a week at the end of. Uh, the year, but it apparently, like his injured injury didn't fully heal, so mm-hmm. took a couple more months off. Made a half-assed return at WrestleMania to help he the just Rock had out. To make an appearance at WrestleMania, yeah. there's no way he wasn't going to be. Well, though I'm still surprised they didn't just like why not just have that a tag match, and that way you can say that John Cena has been at every WrestleMania since 20. But anyway, he wasn't technically in a match at WrestleMania. Wasn't in a match, but he appeared, so he still has been at them all. Yeah. Like it's not like. Seth Rollins wasn't even there. Like yeah. they didn't show him on screen. So Cena at least 
got to be in a little moment. But he, yeah, he made his most recent full-time return, Memorial Day 2016, when he was attacked by AJ Styles, which leads us to now, where he's having his first match back against AJ Styles. And be- because of his recent history, you have to wonder, like, is is this going to be a Daniel Bryan situation where it's, like, mm. kind of an unequivocal win for the other guy and uh, kind of a build-up? Same with Kevin Owens, where yeah. Kevin Owens beat him clean. Alberto Del Rio beat him clean. Like, he's on a streak of, like... Not necessarily cleanly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wonder. I mean, the the club is right there to interrupt the match. Yeah, they're technically not allowed in the match, so we'll see how that. Well, uh, then I think I want AJ to get a pure win over him. Like AJ just spent the last two. No, every pay per view match he's lost in the last three of them: WrestleMania, and then his two to Reigns. So. He needs the win, and I also want to see yeah, AJ yeah. win live. I feel so. like this will be inconclusive because yeah. they got to; they'll have an actual match at SummerSlam. Yes, because they both need a win. Like yeah. Cena needs to come back and have some momentum, but also, yeah, Styles can't be this new hero, <laughs> this new character that also loses every pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Like, I do think uh, Cena has come back. Looking, this is the first time where he's come back, and I thought you don't look exactly the same. Like your face looks a little. I don't know, more when, more mm-hmm. like it's it's just like he's looks a little older for the first time. He's well, he's starting, bit, yeah, like he's, he's starting like, to look thirty eight. Yeah. And uh, also he's now fluent in Mandarin. Yeah, well, that, was, went, that was pretty great. Like, people were saying fluent, I'm like, I don't think he's fluent. I think he speaks it yeah. well. Sure. But uh, that's anyway. yeah, and may- maybe in a couple of years we'll be doing Cafe history talking about how he became president of China, but uh <laughs> China. Uh, yeah, that that's it for this uh, KFA history. Fourteen years, we're just about approaching the anniversary of John Cena wow. in the WWE. Like he's almost always been on top, with the exception of a few injury periods, and even those were not as long as you'd expect them to be. Very oppressive reign of Cena, but I have but, warmed up to him. Like. Yeah, he's like spent the last three, four years have been like not. He hasn't been on top. He's been no. like he's been putting people over, and in some cases, he had it wasn't like a hundred percent. It wasn't maybe mm-hmm. even thirty three percent. But uh, you know, he's starting to put more talent over, and who and hopefully that's what's happening now, and if what we'll see him do in the future. If you want to complain about the ascent of Roman Reigns, one positive of it is that part of the make Roman look strong thing mm-hmm. has been to like John Cena can't be in the main event if John if Roman's supposed to look strong, and yeah. so. That deep emphasis of John Cena has made him be in great but matches. But I t- still on the horizon. We have to have his, uh, I believe, his 16th and 17th world title victories, <laughs> which would tie him and then surpass Ric Flair's yeah. uh, the record. It's got to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, there's one John Cena moment I'll always mm-hmm. remember, which is when he slapped Stephanie's butt. Which was oh, like yeah. that seemed like a very weird time of like. Feel like Stephanie behind the scenes just had the ultimate like a face thing had a, had a behind had a friends with benefit deal. With ah. I, I don't know, but it was uh, that was also when Stephanie was like, "Yeah, I'm the sex kitten yeah. of SmackDown. Love me, guys." Like, well, that does it for this kayfabe history for. <laughs> Uh, hope you enjoyed that thorough look at his career. We're going to come back with our chatter about this week in wrestling from Cheap Copcast Live. And then after that, we'll have the your answers to the crowd question and all that good stuff. See you in a little bit. See you in a little bit. Word life. This is basic thugonomics. This is basic thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Word life. This is basic, basic thugging, thugging, thugging nomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me.
You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. But my dad, he's the oldest in the family, so he's been taking care of all this stuff. Uh, so he's been taking care of his parents, and once one of them dies, he has the uh, misfortune of going through the fucking old Rolodex of all the old WAPs. And giving them a call and telling them that, you know, one of your relatives you haven't spoken to in 30 years is gone. You wouldn't believe this. I called Aunt Mary. Like, I've never met Aunt Mary. Just one of your grandmother's sisters. She has like eight. And I called her and she's like, oh, Jimmy, you remembered my birthday. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) He's like, so I played along for as long as I could. Yeah, but, (laughs) but happy birthday. But seriously, your sister's dead. And we, we, but we, like, I feel terrible about that. What was I supposed to do? Not tell her? No. Like, I tell you what you do, because she really was excited you remembered her birthday. You owe her a call next year on her birthday. Mm -hmm. And you tell her, because I bummed you out last year. If she can make it to her next birthday. I brought your sister back. (laughs) Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcast. As well as weekly full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, physical rewards, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. Wrestling, We've got the biggest matches of the week playing in the background. While uh, yeah, we talk about what's going on. We we start with Raw just by tradition, but it was again uh, Monday Night Raw bumping up against the NBA Finals and WWE Woo! not wanting to try That's at all. Sure. It is, uh, but yeah, it was just it like they've been doing all month just pitting the people in the Money in the Bank match against each other, which I usually can. Because I, I kind of like how it, a whole month. Of- I kind of like how it sort of sets a, a tier list, and you know, like this guy is going to win, and this guy touched the briefcase once during the month, so he's not going to win. But it just got to a boiling point this week where I'm like, I just kind of got over. It. Like the fact that they had a Cesaro versus Sami Zayn match, and I wasn't super into it. No, yeah, I, I know like, what you mean. because it was good. It was a real good match. So it also ended with like a Sami Zayn transitional move. Instead of a normal one, instead of like a big, so it it just felt like why all the things they don't add up entirely. All the matches they had just because they had so freaking many, it just makes you go like, well, who cares at this point? You know, like who they wrestled each other so many times, and like every single one that we've seen on TV at least has been like way better. Like we we did co- the only match that we've done two commentaries on is Sami Zayn versus Cesaro. Like yeah. two out of three falls match and their NXT takeover match. They're both fantastic matches. Sure. And this one just didn't live up to the same level. Yeah, even though it's fine. Uh yeah, so it just turns into them fighting each other so many times you get just sick of it. And I think that's also a problem with um Raw's general setup has been, I'd say for years has been Instead of getting to what the matches will be on a pay-per-view, they have to have it pretty much the entire next pay-per-view set up the Monday after the last pay-per-view. And that's just crazy to me. They, like, 
But yeah, the Monday after the last pay-per-view, we have to set up who everybody is in Money in the Bank. We have to set up exactly what the main event's going to be. Like That's why it was at least a nice surprise of uh, Cena and AJ Styles getting set up a little later. So with all six guys just locked in as the guys within the first week, then they just pretty much just have to bounce off each other for six weeks straight. Yeah, I mean, I think the things I enjoyed most on Raw were the uh, the things that set are setting up the other feuds, which needed it a little bit more. Like even though it's you know Seth Rollins' first match back and John Cena's first match back, mm-hmm. like yeah, the having the segment with the there was a contract signing with AJ Styles and like you know John Cena for the last three years you'll have you will have heard the first segment I was talking about how like. Over the last few years, he's been like the gatekeeper, the guy who faces the new guy, and mm. usually beats the guy in a feud and kind of takes away some of his uh, star power. But mm. like, at least with this one with AJ Styles, he was like, "Well, you know what? You'll probably beat me if you come out with your friends because I can't beat all three of you." So here's two contracts. This one is me against all three of you, and this one is just me against you. And your friends can't come to the can't mm. come to ringside. We just added a little bit more layer to that. And yeah, then- though Brandon Stroud had a great joke about how um, <laughs> how. Oh, John, uh, John Cena would have been shocked if AJ had asked for, oh, no, you get two guys on your side, <laughs> and then two more guys, and, and John Cena going like, oh, no, my odds are on my side. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I I mean, uh, this is the thing David Shoemaker, the writer, <laughs> formerly Grantland, now for The Ringer, about wrestling said, that um, John Cena makes the guys you like matter. Yeah. Like, that's his thing, that... That by facing your guys, he makes them more important. Yeah, Brett has to walk away for mm-hmm. a second here, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, he has to. He he makes those guys matter. I think he can do that for AJ as well. Uh, I am curious though, when I was thinking of like predictions for Money in the Bank, like what happens for all the con- all the contestants, all the combatants in yeah. it, other than the guy who wins, because like. Is Cesaro just going to go into a feud with Baron Corbin after this, or Apollo, or like what's Sammy going to yeah. do? What's going to happen with all these guys who won't be in the main event yeah. after this? I mean, even though all of the matches got a, a bit much over the last few weeks, uh, I I do like how like this Money in the Bank more than uh, the last few. Like I I feel like everybody except for Cesaro, could possibly win. Like, everyone has a, a reason. Like <laughs> Just can't be Cesaro, it, it, Yeah, Jericho has, like, the never won it before. Sami Zayn's got the you're too nice to use this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Owens can just, you know, be a jerk with the briefcase. Uh, Dean Ambrose, like, they even had a segment where he did uh, the Ambrose Asylum interview with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and said, like, I know, well, I'm interviewing you two right now, but I could very well, after your match beat whoever won and take mm-hmm. the title from them. So yeah. it's like just like little wrinkles here and there and that I think that's kind of what I want to see the most cuz that would lead to a triple threat at SummerSlam. No, and- I mean that is what really interests me. Like I for a while I thought it was going to be uh Kevin Owens. I thought Kevin Owens was going to be it, but now they it, they got me with that uh, with that Ambrose Asylum segment which is I think it is Dean wins it and if he if Dean wins it and cashes in that night and wins the title. Mm-hmm. It would be in a, it could be an historic night because he would beat it. He would win the title, but if he won it off Rollins, like mm-hmm. they could say we were all the world champion in one in the oh, same yeah. night. Every member of the Shield was the world champion the same night. That would be pretty amazing. I like, almost I just, and I also totally forgot that Alberto Del Rio was in that match. Yeah. 
But as long it, as he has literally no yeah. chance. Again, literally the only time, like the only real interesting match on Raw where I thought I wasn't sure what was going to happen or kind of cared. Like strangely, I didn't really care who won between Sami and Zayn and Cesaro because it doesn't really change much for no. Money in the Bank. But there was a tag match. It was the Lucha Dragons against uh, Kevin Owens and Del Rio because they were bickering at each other the whole night. And it was the the stipulation was if Del Rio and Owens lose, then they are out of the match and the Lucha Dragons are in the match. And I thought that was like I could potentially see that like the very very small percentage of that of that happening mm-hmm. just because like yeah who cares about Del Rio like he's yeah. he's yeah he has no momentum going into this match and absolutely uh, none he's a nobody he's uh, a, yeah only from like the one five years ago perspective when one wins again uh, and so they really Aaron, want CM Punk to not be the only two time winner so Aaron Chato says I want Dean to do something more than just a gimmick I do I would like him to not just be the doofus yeah Dean Ambrose and uh, meanwhile. Uh, Aaron Shadows was saying that uh, half these guys are going to be on SmackDown, the other half on Raw. So they it yeah. gives them a restart. Then, I mean, that is really hanging over the balance here. That also makes you think like nothing could happen in the main event, or something so weird could happen in the main event that would give them a storyline reason to split the title before SmackDown begins. Yeah. You know. All right. So before we move on to NXT, let's uh, let's fish a few more comments out of there. Uh, so yeah, we got uh, Nicholas Nicholas Francesca saying, "I don't know, I don't know." There are rumors about Alberto being promised to push as part of coming back. That makes me think he might win. I mean, Nicholas, there's there's promising somebody a push, and then there's and then there's giving him the world championship, or even getting him in the world championship. Like, I think he'll probably, oh, I think he'll probably get a push yeah. soon. Uh, and uh, not just his relationship with Paige. Like, I, how upset can he be now that he's with Paige anyway, you know? Also, uh, Kevin Owens would be the more fun answer, says Caleb. It would be more fun, and I do hope he wins, but my gut is telling me now that uh, that it's going to be it's, uh, that's gonna be uh, good, old, uh, good old Dean Ambrose mm. because he's been setting it up so hard here. Yeah, Dan Diaz pointing out, do we see the same matches over and over because WWE refuses to push anyone else? Like, they have a big roster, I think. Hopefully... Next month, when they do this roster split, that I mean, they will infuse more NXT people into like both shows. Yeah. So yeah. like, there is that, and like, hopefully they'll be able to have fresher matches as a result. But mm-hmm. I mean, that also could go the other way, where it's like, well, you only have two shows, and they never really cross over. So are you going to have repeat matches all the time there? Leonardo says Del Rio winning would be like Sheamus winning last year, a waste of a Money in the Bank. Yeah, I also. I'd like a relative newcomer to get it, uh, but why don't we get into the other show now? Yeah, so NXT, uh, well, speaking of rematches and thin rosters, uh, <laughs> they yeah, they had a rematch between uh, Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger, and uh, it's going to be a while before I get his name correct, Adrian Cien Almas? Yeah, Cien I just call him Cien, but uh, yeah. I mean, they had a better match than, uh, than at TakeOver. It was a better match than TakeOver, which they needed, but I think, uh, you know, this is something people were talking about, that... Ty Dillinger cannot be C.J. Parker. He can't yeah. be. He, he can't be Bull Buchanan. Or, Bull sorry, Fitch. not Bull, Bull Fit, not Bull Buchanan. Uh, but he can't be him either. He can't be the new jobber guy because people like his ten thing too much. Yeah. Like they, they don't want him to lose to even the excitable good new guy. You know. Yeah. And that was that yeah. was the. I felt like the audience still wasn't. Even though they had a better match, I felt the audience still wasn't into it. And. 
I had forgotten last week that CN had been La Sombra mm. in uh, in New Japan and CMLL. He he was a um, luchador that came to mm. the ring in a mask and a suit, uh, and now he's a guy without a mask and who yeah, now kind just of dressed like a Chippendale dancer or something. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, Aaron Shadows just saying nothing's happening at TNA. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the other match like they had some good tag matches. The uh, TM sixty one. Uh, they oh, yeah. they beat Buddy. I like Buddy that Murphy a lot. Or Bud- Blake and Murphy. Blake and Murphy in there. What seems to be their final match together? Yeah. Uh, in which they the kind of had to white walk. Blake walk versus, yeah, they had to walk that back too. They're like, wait, you guys just you guys just broke up. Yeah. And then he says, well, but now we're gonna try it again. Like just so they can give TMDK TM sixty one a new a new person to face, which was very strange. Like to get like. That, well, it was weird to see two debuting tag teams on the show, yeah. and both got wins, but one got win with like literally zero offense well, against TM61. Did, they did face. Uh, b- 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 it was they a, lost to Tommaso Ciampa yeah, and the other guy. They that was Gargano. a faceless tag team that lost to the other faceless tag team <laughs> that I always mix up with each other. Yeah, but then there was also the authors of destruction. Authors of a, pain. Authors of pain. The two like they're basically like. Super big shield guys. Like that's the way they. It seems like that's the way they dress and kind of mm-hmm. have that same like bum rushing the ring and not talking a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, and I like that. And it's it's they're like beefier shield guys yeah. too, based on their yeah. outfits. Daniel Diaz says CN is super talented. He was fun to watch. He was yeah, fun he to watch, but it to... was just like I don't know. He's missing that little thing that he, I'm he's like, got that smiley face thing Apollo Cruz had. Yeah, yeah it's it's that. But I felt Cruz at least had like a more creative offense. Like that's the yeah. Yeah. other than his knees thing. I'm like, well, okay, what functionally in your in your moves? What makes you different from Kalisto? Like yeah. what makes you different from the usual WWE lucha lucha style guy? I mean, it's kind of like a mini epi- epidemic in NXT where like those both of those tag teams. It's like those guys are great wrestlers, but they're not quite at that like they're not at the American Alpha level yeah. of like. You know, physicality, mm-hmm. and they're definitely not at, like the like Enzo and Cass like yeah. charisma level. So they just kind of are there, and like that's what I'm worried about with like like Cien Almas. Like he's mm-hmm. he, he he has great moves, but he's not like a Shinsuke Nakamura type, no, not a Finn Balor yeah. type, so not a Samoa Joe type. So he's just like <laughs> right now. I mean, it, granted, this is his second match, and literally like probably by the taping schedule, his second day. Mm-hmm. Doing matches, so like you know, it's it's way too early to say like this guy's a flop, but it yeah. is it is strange that like he's had two big matches and neither of them have been like with an audience yeah. that's ready to give him everything, and they're like, yeah, you're okay. Like that's it seems to be the way most people are saying. Leonardo uh, Pondock says, does it feel like from out of nowhere NXT tag division went from being gutted uh, yeah. by by the main roster to being robust again? Like. Absolutely, it does, and I think this show also showed how big they got with with tag matches. Yeah. That that the tag matches like got uh, they can fill the show yeah. more. Like this show had more tag matches than singles matches. You yeah. know, and, I, though like I keep harping on it, but like I'm worried what NXT tag teams will be like without American Alpha around because it's all these like mm-hmm. good tag teams that are not. They just remind you, like, oh, there's better team- tag teams before. Yeah, well, <laughs> and with the Revival, if the Revival are the champs, like, but the authors, what are the authors of Pain going to do? Like, face the Revival? Like, that's a heel-heel thing, which yeah. doesn't really work that I d- well. I do like uh, how they basically, they didn't say anything. Like, mm. they already look really different and cool. 
and like having Paul Ellering, Ellering there that like they didn't say anything they didn't even do like a backstage interview kind of thing yeah like for, for one thing I was thinking like man Paul Ellering's Paul Ellering has got a maid right now he doesn't even have to say anything he just yeah, shows up like, and stares and leaves you hired me to be the talker for these guys and then yeah. I don't even gotta talk <laughs> yeah but yeah like it's a slow burn with them and I mm. mean they're different They're it's kind of like they're the Nia Jax of the tag teams where it's like you just look different and if like you can put it together in the ring it's gonna be amazing but the one thing we're not talking about from this is the final segment oh yeah which set up another dream match which I it feels like it's definitely NXT saying we gotta do this before one of these guys or both of these guys are gone mm-hmm. and it was Finn Balor pretty much being like metatextual of saying well I had this long career and I did all this great stuff and uh and I lost yeah. what's next for me and then he teases as he loves to do he teases the Balor Club Bullet Club the club yeah. whatever teases that again even says literally says too sweet on the microphone and gives the two sweet fingers to the audience and then boom out comes Shinsuke Nakamura yeah. and I loved his face like his facials were so great in that yeah I saw like a, a- I saw a tweet that basically, like, it was exactly what I was thinking where it's, oh, you're talking about Shinsuke, but I, like, there's a tweet, like, look, I want somebody who looks at me the way everyone looks at all of Shinsuke Nakamura's opponents look at him, (laughs) but it's, like, both uh, Finn and Sami Zayn, I always, I had that feeling, like, in both cases when Shinsuke's music hit, they just became completely dejected, like, I'm not the most popular person in the ring for the first time ever Yeah, yeah. in WWE, it's, like, a little bit of a shock to the system, like, I know. I'm not cheering for me right now? I think nobody in NXT is going to be hotter than Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't know who they could bring in who could have that much cred, that much outside popularity and be that popular. Mm. Though, also, the other, the problem with it that I had, when he talked, I was like, this is great. I'm fine with this talking. But I just imagined Vince McMahon in my head and him saying, like, He's, he's slurring his words. He's got this weird lisp. Uh, he doesn't sound tough to me, this guy. I'm not into him. This guy's no yeah. good guy. All right. Well, uh, before we move on to... But I'm very excited for yes. their match. Like, and I, I think we'll see it sooner than later. I think we will see it at... Uh, I think we'll see it at the Japan show. Wow. I think they'll do a Japan live event, and Finn will be called up sooner than that. I don't Man. think it'll be the they, Brooklyn that, event. It that, seems Brett, like that would be a perfect uh, main event for Brooklyn. I mean, it would be it would be a great co-main event for Brooklyn with whoever is defending the championship with Samoa Joe. But yeah, I don't think it's the match. I don't think it's the final match because it wouldn't be the title. Like Joe would be in the title match. Yeah, I guess like Joe needs a big opponent for uh, for Takeover. And in, I thought uh, it was going to be Shinsuke. That's why I feel like they'll do it in Japan and then Shinsuke and him at Brooklyn. Otherwise, like who else would it be? There's, I mean, Austin Aries maybe, but like. They don't have main event guys anymore. I mean, could be Bobby Roode, yeah. and then it just becomes TNA in, in, <laughs> in its entirety. Yeah, this is also the time when the, the the NXT roster will presumably have been gutted for SmackDown. So, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of interested <laughs> in what is going to happen. Like, I guess the next few weeks are supposed to. I guess the next few weeks of NXT that are airing are all pre SmackDown draft. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, Leonardo Pondock says, uh, yeah, NXT Women's Division needs major rebuilding. Probably won't get to the heights of last year for a long time. I mean, it re- really can't. I, I, I mean, those that class of four ladies was, like, impossible. I don't think they'd ever... It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It's, it's, why, it's worth, why it's worth celebrating. 
Uh, let's see and here. Dan, Dan Diaz and Connor Wade are talking about Sasha Banks and what's going on with her. She whole lot of nothing. I, uh, I get a little bit of pleasure out of t- talking to Henry about what's going on with Sasha Banks. So she like she returned last week on main event Ugh. and then is on Superstars this week. So she went from the C show to the C minus show. But I think mm. Connor Wade has the right idea. Like kind of exactly how they did nothing with her until WrestleMania. I think they're doing no- nothing with her until SummerSlam because probably they just need to like churn through. Uh, Charlotte's opponents, and then once SummerSlam hits, boom! I have to hope so. And I mean, Sasha is one of the three like announced stars for WWE 2K17. That was her big reveal. She was part of the big reveal at E3. So I got to think if she's part of the marketing for that, she's not going to be nothing. And I'm really hoping that means they'll do a complete redesign on the 2K games uh, for women's wrestling just to get the four horsewomen in the game. But anyway. Yeah, so Lucha Underground. uh, I've been a little bit iffy about the show in recent weeks, but they did something that like almost every single time I really like, which Mm -hmm. is have only one match that goes the entire show. Yeah, hour-long matches. I mean... This is a six-way match, which uh, (laughs) the winner gets the... And it's like a big match because the winner is in the main event, ostensibly, of of Lucha... No, Ultima Lucha. Ultima Lucha Dos. Yeah, they uh, faced Matanza for the title. It was uh, Johnny Mundo, Pentagon Jr., Taya, Ivelisse... Phoenix and King Cuerno. Yeah, King Cuerno. Who? Uh, yeah, and they also set up like Mill and King Cuerno for for Ultima Lucha as well. And I I love seeing like poor Phoenix though. He still can't still can't make it happen. Yeah. Even have to face his brother uh, Pentagon, and uh, and then Johnny Mundo being the super Superman Gringo that he is. Uh, I think of anything like I put these two in the match because they were my favorites in the match and they're the coolest looking in the match. But like, yeah, Johnny Mundo is still like. I don't know quite what he's going to be up to for Ultima Lucha. Like, mm. they didn't really set his one in stone. I guess it, he could fight Phoenix because it was. Yeah. He got eliminated by Phoenix near the end. Those two would have a great match. I mean, you know, for for as little money as they have compared to even, you know, um, NXT, mm. they have an amazing. They have an amazing roster. They really do. Yeah. Of guys who could just face whoever, uh, and they, they can just mix and match it. And have great matches, and you know it's part of that is part of that is their uh, talent exchange at AAA, but also part of that is just the smart hires they made yeah. of guys who can get it done in the ring, who can also be good actors in in pretty much cutscenes within yeah. Lucha Underground, as opposed to guys on a microphone. Yeah, I mean, there's also like, I maybe it's because like it's just scramble my brain with like how. Uh, Mill and Pentagon have kind of like weaved in and out of Lucha Underground this season. Like, mm. is King Cuerno really like the best opponent for for Mill Muertes? Like, I, I kind of thought this setup yeah. since the start of the year. Yeah, King I kind of thought the way that would be that would be the end of the season. Mm. It would be Mill and uh, and Matanza in a title match. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, but, I also don't even know how many weeks it is until Ultima Lucha. Like, it's but the story kind of, of the year has been. You know, setting up Pentagon, yeah. Pentagon's like rise yeah. as a world championship it, <laughs> contender, to then his fall from grace, getting broken by Matanza, and now he's coming back. But I also don't think he's going to beat Matanza either. Like I think I the, the spoilers are out there if you want to know I, him. Yeah. I don't know it, but uh, that's I, why I don't even know how many like episodes are left. Yeah. Like I don't want to even look something up as small as that because I could find out something in the process that would mm-hmm. just like piss me off to no end. Uh, Stacy Pearl wonders where Chris Antista is. He's still on vacation, guys. He'll be back next Monday, I believe. We will see him on our live stream. Yeah. 
But uh, still slumming through Lucha Underground Season 1, says Leonardo Pondock. Who in the world decided it should be 39 episodes long? That's great. So, it's like, a year. It, I mean, that's, uh, you know, 14 fewer episodes than WWE did the year before. Yeah. And many, year. many fewer hours. And yeah. Mu- yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. For some reason, like, Season 1 felt more natural than 2. Because 2 is just, like, these people off the off the show for a uh, uh, you know, a couple episodes here and there, and it just feels mm. weird. Even though, like, did this person really even take any time off, or was it literally they like were in the first match of one day and then the last match of the next day's tapings? It's just mm. like I know you have like only an hour and you have a lot of people that you can put in that hour, but like <laughs> just the way people have been written off and brought back, it's just been a little bit less. Like I didn't like how quick they cashed it. Like they cashed in. The the um, the belt yeah. so quickly when that belt is there like that's their IC championship it yeah. should be defended on the show but Cage just cashed it in like immediately yeah and and that is another thing like is that on the like that has to be part of Ultima Lucia yeah they got to do another one of those yeah but, but that means yeah like another week or two of people getting all seven medallions it's like it's mm. just it's been getting a little bit repetitive and also like. Uh, kind of weird and scattershot with like your favorite guys gone for weeks at a time. So uh, Zorak yeah. Iverson wants to know where they could find the early episodes of first season of Lucha Underground and the best I, the, le- uh, the the best legal way is uh, iTunes. Like you can buy the season pass or yeah. you can uh, you know you can get them other ways. And I always say if you get them other ways, you know you could always just like buy a T shirt of Lucha Underground or something to <laughs> make up the difference. I'm like I'm not saying which one I do, but I do try to support. Them. Yeah, Pentagon is like i love him i think he should be the stone cold of the promotion and he's so close to it and a win against matanza might do it but uh i just love his style he's so weird and crazy and he's also a dude who's like well he doesn't speak english so i don't think he'll be hired by wwe but uh, anytime soon though honestly if nxt is looking to build back up the ranks they could hire like half the people yeah. on the show and uh, as long as we're talking about secondary mm-hmm. wrestling as well internationally, um, the, I believe this is a thick weekend of wrestling oh, yeah. because the Dominion show at, at Osaka Hall is happening for New Japan. We'll have some really big matches on it, including a very, very rare New Japan ladder match between okay. Kenny Omega and Michael Elgin. And then also... Okada in his rematch against Tetsuya Naito to get back his championship from the uh, super villainous uh, Naito. And so is your entire time in Vegas just going to be watching Money in the <laughs> Bank and then going to your hotel to watch uh, Dominion? Well, no, I think I'll watch Dominion on the flight if I can uh, get some Wi-Fi because it, it happens Saturday night. Yeah. And so I believe it. I there. was on the fence about it, and I know this is like a... A New Japan purist thing to like <laughs> to hate that I'm not watching because of this, but the fact that it's all in Japanese, I thought like, oh, I thought like every pay per view now is in English, but it's uh, no. I think they'll bring be- them back for um, the G1 climax. For the G1 climax, they'll have some English. Well, the G1 climax though is a lot of like house shows too. Yeah. Well, like filmed house shows. When I say filmed, I mean one camera on the ring <laughs> and silence. Like yeah. there's not even Japanese commentary. Damn. Uh, I mean, you know, they don't. Got, it, it's a smaller company than WWE. Uh, Leonardo's asking, what do we think of the cruiserweight classic competitors? 
I'm loving Kota Ibushi's in it. Yeah. That's that's my favorite. I think Zack Sabre Jr. is in it as well. We just had a match with um, Kurt Angle. Damn. Uh, yeah, I had a quick look at the list, and I like that there's also a lot of old WWE guys in there, like yeah. Tajiri's in there. Brian, I love Billy. Tajiri. No, why am I blanking on his name? Kendrick. Oh, Brian the Kendrick. Brian yeah. Kendrick, Dave. Yeah. It's the Brian Kendrick, who we've seen live yeah. and very close in a, in a yeah. uh, uh, opera house. Yeah. Uh, That'll do it for our live segment, everyone. Thanks for submitting your comments and questions and all that. Made it for a, a great chat. We'll be right back with your crowd answers from last week's question, your longer form stuff, uh, and we'll pose a new question right after the break. Are you already tired of 2016? Jump into the past with 302010, our weekly pop culture time machine podcast. Here's something you may remember from 1996. Dana Carvey show oh, premieres God. on so, and I have never heard of this but uh, Steve Carell a cast member on the show uh, Ted, here Ted Koppel impression I want to say to the Japanese hey Mr. Yakitori hey Mrs. Teriyaki hey make your own boom boxes and sushi we don't need you and I want to say to the Mexicans hey Pablo Don de es a 40 foot wall of reinforced steel Pablo <laughs> barbed wire Pablo <laughs> So like so this is what this we is, call satire. This is now the current yes, exa- actual like politics. This, I, it doesn't have the bite hearing this right now, but in 96 after yeah. Home Improvement, this is funnier and more irreverent than SNL oh, yeah, with a bigger I, yeah. budget. I think another character on that same episode, they ate the heart of a Mexican. That's 302010, a weekly look at what happened in pop culture 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, every Thursday right here on the Laser Tab Network. Podcast episode number 86. As we do every episode, we close out with the crowd question. We pose a overarching question to everybody. They submit our an- their answers, and then we pose a new question. Uh, and right now I'm joined by Just Hank. Hey. Uh, Brett has uh, he's fallen off the ladder. He's being tended to by medical. I uh, forgot to ask him what shirt he plans to wear to our uh, live attend some money in the bank. Do you I, guys have any doubles? Are you worried about that? Um, you know, I will have to check with them. I'm going to bring several options with me to Las uh, Vegas. But uh, I guess for me, I, you know, I want to. I thought about a just straight Bullet Club shirt mm-hmm. to support Bullet Club. But, I'd ask you to take it off. I, but I also thought about the Sasha Banks shirt. Like, what if Sasha Banks shows up? Uh, but then uh, the only other one I would wear to support somebody would be really would like Sammy Zayn or Cesaro. If my kayfabe, mm. if my kayfabe <laughs> want, I want Sammy or Cesaro to win. Yeah. But I do also want KO to win, too. Yeah. So, see, I'm very mixed up. I don't yeah. know what I want. And speaking of mixed up, what you can read all. We have predictions for Money in the Bank on LaserTimePodcast.com. 
uh, and you can also make your own predictions there. And by doing that, you can choose a future uh, finale song for an episode of Cheap Podcast if you win. But let's get to the crowd question, which last week was, which former MMA star throughout history would you have wanted in WWE? So at any point in their career and at any point in WWE history, uh, TranquilBez22 says, I don't know much about USC except for when fighters have cameos in mediocre movies. So I would have, I would, ha- I would have to have seen Chuck Liddell, guest star of Drill Bit Taylor in WWE. He and Kurt Angle would have had some killer matches in the early 2000s. You know, he I love a good look. Uh, yeah, he had a good wrestler look. I loved Chuck Liddell in his time as yeah. he was like the, he always was the junior to yeah. Tito Ortiz until he got it back. But yeah. uh, you remember the time? I believe it was his fight with Randy Couture. Where he came out with a wrestler's entrance, really? felt like where yeah, it was, yeah. it might have not been Couture, but I remember when he came out. Right before he came out, there was like a video of just this guy's like head. I think it was the tap out, the oh. founder tap out's head, and he was just like, "This is the Iceman, Chuck Liddell. <laughs> You're not gonna beat him. He's the best in the world. He's gonna kill you, the Iceman." <laughs> but then Randy Couture beat him. <laughs> I thought a crap my pants said. Mirko Krokop Filipovic, uh, Phil, sorry, Filipovic, uh, so I can recreate his knockout of Alberto Del Rio. It's yes. a pretty great video, especially, uh, it's weird to see uh, Del Rio in a mask, too. Yeah, wearing a mask for a real fight, yeah. but taking it off for not a real fight. Yeah, I don't was, know if he, I, I guess he probably, he probably did wrestle with a mask yeah. for a while, but like, yeah, just Krokop strange. Krokop would kill dudes, but then <clears throat> that shows you like the toughness of the dude that yeah. Brock Lesnar is facing, Mark Hunt. He took a full-on kick from Krokop, a killer kick. Yeah. And he was just like, and then he punched Krokop. Like, Damn. Uh, Chinese ninja social justice warrior. Chinese social ninja justice warrior. Uh, sorry if I bo- I botched that one. Uh, but they said, Roy Nelson should join the Wyatt family. I bet the Wyatts would have never jumped out to the Rocket WrestleMania with Nelson on their side. That is so true. And Roy Nelson is... Him and uh, Clay Guida are my favorite UFC fighters, <laughs> and it's both because they both look like cavemen. I, I do love that. I mean, that's why I liked Tank back in the day, even though yeah. he's like a piece of shit. But I, and he did have a WCW run. Ugh, and I mean, don't Vin, I know it? Vince Russo wanted him to be WCW champion, which mm. wouldn't have been the worst thing, I think. They, I mean, yeah, that's just like, oh, that would have been a step too far. You guys wanted yeah. da- David Arquette to be champion. Yeah. You made Vince Russo champion. Tank Abbott is at least a legit fighter. Yeah. Like, Awkward Loser said, who I know that person is a very big MMA fan. Yeah. I'd want to see John Bones Jones in the WWE. He may be the greatest MMA artist, uh, MMA, MM artist <laughs> ever. His only loss coming from a BS disqualification in a fight he was dominating. And not only does he have the greatest title run in terms of quality of opponents, aside from maybe GSP, he also would be an excellent heel. He has a killer mm-hmm. mic work, is a blast to watch, and has the kind of body Vince likes. And he's American, unlike Silva, Aldo, or GSP. I, I, I think, mean, Vince yeah. loves all American guys, definitely. I think Vince would love GSP because he had a minor role in a superhero movie. That is true, yeah. but... Uh, uh, yeah, I I do love John Bones Jones, even though he's yeah. not. Uh, it doesn't seem like a, I, he's a great heel because yeah. he doesn't seem like a great dude. Yeah, though I do remember connecting him with wrestling. I was uh, this was SummerSlam 2012. Mm-hmm. We talked about mm-hmm. it earlier, where Brock beat Cena yeah. real bad. That's 2014. 2014. Sorry. So I was there uh, for it live, mm-hmm. hanging out with uh, my friend Shane Patterson, who mm-hmm. was 
Long time, long time, ladies and time listeners know he and I both love wrestling. So we're hanging out in the hotel, way you know, the day before it, and walking through the hotel lobby is a guy in a cast, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then people walk up to him, oh, let me take a picture with you. And the guy's like, sure. And that's when Shane was like, holy shit, that's John Bo, that's Bo wow. Jones. And wow. and we later found out, you know, he was partially there to hang out with Brock, and he was like a guest of the WWE, as was Ronda Rousey that same night. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And so wait, I, was that, did he, in, is that an arm was, that he injured in that car accident that he Yeah, it was <laughs> when he got, it, he got his leg broken <laughs> in that car accident that took him out for a while, and wasn't cocaine yeah. involved in Yeah, he had it in the glove compartment, that's why he ran. Yeah. Uh... ESPY says, I know nothing about MMA and even less about UFC, but Kimbo Slice, RIP, could have been incredible. He was supposed to wrestle for Japan's Inoki Genome Federation in 2011, but he pulled out of the match due to getting injured during practice. Uh, yeah, Kimbo Slice would have had a longer life yeah. if he'd been a wrestler, because he had the. He definitely had the intimidation factor of a, rest, of a wrestler and of a, of a great fighter, but he didn't. He had skills. That's why he was a backyard wrestler. He yeah. couldn't. Or, uh, that's why he was a backyard fighter because he couldn't really yeah. match any highly trained. But like guys. his last uh, Bellator fight was like you could tell he had no cardio. So it's like, would you have even been good for wrestling? No. Like, oh my god, no. Also, well, well, Vince would have yeah. made him be a little healthier. I think. Also, I've never seen any match from this before, but I just love the name Enoki Genome Federation. Well, I got to tell you, I don't have a good high opinion of it because uh, from. I haven't watched a ton yeah. of um, early 2000s New Japan, yeah. but the thing that hurt it and made it a much worse uh, era of the company was that Inoki was just in love with MMA. He loved yeah. it. He wanted everybody to be an MMA-type dude. He made guys like Shinsuke Nakamura, mm-hmm. or, well, he didn't make them, but guys like Shinsuke Nakamura got bigger because they had real fights yeah. that they most of the time won. And but it led to bad matches because he's like, oh, you're a real tough guy, but he's not a good performer, yeah. not often. And so when Inoki kind of got squeezed out of New Japan, then he went on to make his new place uh, that was even more driven by getting <laughs> MMA guys and was a worse show. And yeah, so it's actually I believe it was there that Carl Gallo, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, where Luke Gallows had an early match in his career. And Inoki was backstage and was so upset by how terrible it was, hmm. he came out to shout at them like, "You end this match right now! Stop this!" Damn it! Wow. Yeah. And uh, last oh, one, at least you yeah, want to read it. Buckaroo Bonsai said, "I'm going to cheat and say two, but it'll make sense." Rampage Jackson and Wanderlei Silva. At their peak, these guys had epic fights in Pride and became known for their brutality. Rampage would go. Rampage would do great on the mic, although not in a PG setting. And I feel a pro wrestling translation of Silva's brutal, relentless Muay Thai would make up for his lack of mic skills. Honorable mentions, Kazushi Sakuraba, just ask me about him. I <laughs> just asked him about it. And Mayhem Miller, closest she'll ever get to insane without going full New Jack. So I do like Sakuraba's matches in yeah. uh, New Japan. I have I have lots of opinions on this. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so first off, Rampage was, was great. I think he has been retired for a little while, but he was great, like very hard-hitting light heavyweight at his time and uh, got big in Japan for just like just picking up and dropping dudes hard yeah. and kind of hoping for a knockout with those and he would I believe the height of his fame was playing uh, B.A. Baracus in the A-Team <laughs> film which most people didn't watch uh, Silva's great too but he also never talked and he uh, he was famous for he made famous at least to me the Muay Thai style of 
you, you cradle your fingers together behind the head, yeah. knee, knee, knee. That CM Punk really incorporated well into his uh, repertoire. Uh, and as for Kazushi Sakuraba, he got his start in wrestling. Like, yeah. He was a pro wrestler who then got into Japan's burgeoning MMA scene. And he was just so weird and strange and unpredictable, on top of being very skilled and having great stamina, that he did really well. For for a time, the, the pain for him was when he started getting... He, he refused to be in the middleweight position. Yeah. He was like, no, 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 I'm in the light heavyweight weight class against monsters 20, 25 pounds heavier than him. Bust <laughs> his face open. And, you know, he's... He's an older guy now, but he's still having good. He's still having yeah. good stuff in New Japan. He's he's a nice guy. I liked his uh, Wrestle Kingdom match uh, last year. Oh, it was like Suzuki. It, yeah, yeah, it was just like a beat each other in the face yep. match, and then right, I think that was right after, right before the uh, the. Oh um, yeah, uh, the the combat. Ma- yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Makabe Ishii match, yeah. which was also bash each other. Sorry, yeah. Uh, so new crowd question uh, with the Money in the Bank happening this weekend. What is your favorite Money in the Bank match and or cash-in? So you can do one, you can do both. Uh-huh. Uh, for me, my favorite Money in the Bank match hmm, would have to be, just from like a story's perspective, I really liked, and even though it didn't, afterwards it didn't really lead to much, uh, the one with uh, with Damian Sandow and <laughs> Cody Rhodes, just yeah. like that story happening, and it was like also in that match was... Uh, it was uh, Jack, there. yeah, Jack Swagger and Cesaro were there when they were tag teaming. So it was just like, you know, they had all these tag teams in the match, and it was they, also they, they the all heel Money in the Bank. I match. believe so. Like, yeah, that was a fun story to tell. Yeah, for all these heels to go after the SmackDown title one, like yeah. it was a lot of fun, and it broke up the road scholars. And uh, sadly, it didn't do much for old Damien Sandow, but uh, yeah, it was a really good story. Yeah, I always like. Uh, I was thinking about this for the question of the week, but it didn't seem like it had enough legs. But like a good, they they should have a heel money in the bank briefcase and a face money in the bank briefcase. <laughs> and the face money in the bank briefcase is the Cena kind, where you say yeah. you say when you're doing it. That's true. They should do that. Of like a match of your choosing, because like, you got to pick a like when's the more last, than a day yeah. ahead. Of when's the last time a face won the money in the bank? It never mm, happens anymore. Yeah, Cena might be the last one. I yeah. Think. Uh, well, and your favorite cash oh in? favorite cash in got to be Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I, 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 on one hand, I was disappointed that like right when he got it, he said, "I'm going to cash this in at WrestleMania," mm-hmm. and, and then he said he did the heel thing. Uh, yeah, but it was just like I, I never thought he would actually. When he said that, when he mm-hmm. said he was going to cash it in at WrestleMania, I'm like, "Oh, okay, then he probably won't win." Like it'll be sad, <laughs> but at least you'll get a WrestleMania match, which you hadn't, had, which you hadn't had at that point. But true, he, he, he ended up getting the World Heavyweight Championship and had a decent run with it. But then that led to him having a crappy WrestleMania match that ended in 18 seconds. But the cash in itself was great. Well, the cash in is also where Yes was born yeah. too, so it's a very important moment uh, in WWE history. So my favorite match is I'm um, a little biased because mm-hmm. it was one I saw live, but it was the WrestleMania 25. Uh, one. Oh yeah. Because I was rooting for CM Punk, but I was certain he wouldn't win it. Why would he win two years in a row? Yeah. It's CM Punk, and I hear that people don't like him behind the scenes. So then to be there live, to see CM Punk be the first ever two years in a row winner of Money in the Bank, yeah. and thinking he had no chance, like I just jumped up and was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Outside of the Taker-HBK match, I was the most excited I got all night. And I, it means even more to me because I got to tell that story mm. to CM Punk when I interviewed him. Wow. Uh, it was for um, WWE 
13? Uh, no, it was was 11 the one with Randy Orton on the cover? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was WWE... No, it was 12. It was 12. Yeah, yeah. It was WWE 12. We got to interview him. It was right... It was in New York before mm. he won the title at Survivor Series in November. Uh. So I'm interviewing him, and I get to tell him, like, oh, man... I'm a real. I was like, oh yeah, I remember you winning that match. For some reason, the match came up. Mm. I was like, and you can ask this PR person who who was there with me. <laughs> me and her were both jumping out of our seats, screaming for <laughs> your win. And then he looked at like, oh really, PR person? Like he, <laughs> I think he was amused that she had a mark out moment. Uh, I think you know. What I'm talking yes, about yes. Uh, but my favorite cash in is not a CM Punk one. Okay. And obviously, the Edge one is an easy one to go with at, at uh, the Elimination Chamber because it was amazing to see him take it from a bloodied John Cena. I mean, it sent the tempo for every, almost every catch in yeah. afterwards because, like, you didn't think, like, oh my God, you can do it after that guy just lost a match? It, it completely, it, it was like this. When they tell the story behind the scenes that Edge just told the writers, like, why would a bad guy like me wait to just call when a match would be? I'd do it right after he lost. Yeah. And the writers bought into it and. Vince McMahon, when he takes the yeah. briefcase from him, he says, like, he says, like, all right, show me, like, show me you can do this. But anyway, that's <laughs> not my favorite. My favorite is, related to Edge, when he has been drafted to SmackDown. Uh. He's leaving Raw, and he's giving a speech about, and I'm taking this World Heavyweight Championship with me. Batista can't even face me again. All you losers don't get to see this title. You'll have no championship taken <laughs> with me to Raw uh, to SmackDown. Batista comes in, destroys Edge, mm. and uh, and then leaves Edge laying, and then boom, cash in. Oh, that was CM Punk. Yeah. <laughs> that was CM Punk from his 24 yeah. Money in the Bank win, yeah. and cashes in on Edge, doing what to Edge. Like, it was great, like, hoisting Edge by his own petard, mm-hmm. him doing the cash in on Edge when he's at his weakest, after he gloated to everybody, like, such a great, just, like, takedown of Edge after he was yeah. so proud of himself. That he had outsmarted everybody. I think and, that's the only and time it's Punk's first win. Yeah, I think that's the only time a face did a an, an immediate cash in yeah. and still stayed a face. Yeah, well, because Punk was a guy who was yeah. like he wasn't high status enough yeah. for it, and but he was doing it in a situation where it's like God, somebody needs to take this guy down a peg. Yeah, and he, they did, and it really sucks that like they then kind of wasted yeah. his his chance of being the champ. And he didn't he, even lose that title, right? He was like no. he was not in the match where the title. Changed. Yeah, he, he got attacked behind <laughs> the scenes, and then it was yeah. whatever. But anyway, that's my favorite cash. All right, so leave your answer to this crowd question underneath the post on lasertimepodcast.com. That'll do it for this episode of Cheap Podcast. Before we go, uh, anything you want to plug, Henry? Well, let's first plug that uh, you know the live element of this is yeah. 3 p.m. Pacific time on Thursdays. Join in with us to share your mm-hmm. thoughts live with uh, live on the uh, events of the week in pro wrestling, and also the com- and also share your own predictions for Money in yeah. the Bank. And uh, keep an eye out for me at Money in the Bank in the yeah. crowd. I believe I am facing camera side. You're not bringing a sign, are you? Uh, hell yeah. no, man. <laughs> it just get destroyed anyway. Yeah. Uh, and uh, though also, you know, there's a lot of great things to listen to. First off, Laser Time, the uh, podcast that started it all this week. You talk about um, the worst moments in press conference history. Yeah. Lots of fun. I was trying I, to find one for WWE, but I, I mean, couldn't. I kind of don't. I was, do, yeah. I was really considering. I, I, I could have sworn I've actually heard or seen this, mm-hmm. but... After Owen Hart died, like Ooh. Vince McMahon snapped at a reporter during the press conference, like, "How dare you ask me that?" Yeah. But it's like, uh, "Dude, you should be held accountable yeah, for the, like, this thing uh, that happened." A man died on your watch, and the show, and you kept the show going. Like, yeah, 
Uh, anyway, uh, but there is a great Allen Iverson practice. 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 We're talking practice. <laughs> Can't believe WWE never took that out, like, yeah. made a spoof of it. And, uh, well, they don't really pay attention to yeah. mainstream sports. Anyway, then there's Talking Simpsons, our chronological exploration of every episode of The Simpsons from the beginning. We're deep into season three. Just did Radio Bart, the one uh. where uh, with Timmy O'Toole gets trapped <laughs> down a well but doesn't really... And also, there's 302010, our pop culture time capsule, where we talk about the events in a given week 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. And this, uh, in this week's episode, we talk about ECW on sci-fi nice. launching and uh, what a Sandman versus the zombie. <laughs> Sandman versus the zombie. Uh, Rob Van Dam saying how much he loves the spinner belt. And what a uh, horrible monkey's paw of a wish that was for uh. ECW original fans like me. To both get what they thought they wanted and then see it turn into what they didn't want. Ah, that'll do it for this cheap podcast. We'll see you soon with more wrestling chatter. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>